toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Tom Letter. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. We would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. And we are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes and Spotify, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And this episode is sponsored by Tom Pelladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. You can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes 73, 78, 90, and 103. And I've personally been receiving the scalar light energy daily and have really noticed the shifts in my own energy, including deeper sleep with chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. It's also a beautiful gift I can provide for my family. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you're ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and imagine sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our special guest today is Tom Letter. He is the founder of Selenite Sword Maker and is dedicated to bringing the knowledge and the ascension tools of the Selenite Swords of Light out to the world. For the past 15 years, Tom has been focused on the creation of the Lightworker Training Program and the creation of powerful multidimensional quantum energy tools. 
the selenite swords of light, ascension rods and staffs, the crystalline flower of life, and the new crystalline ankh, which are used around the world by energy workers, light workers, healers, and acupuncturists. Tom has created a complete training program entitled Lightworker Training and a certification program where he teaches these programs throughout the United States, Mexico, Australia, and Japan. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Tom. It's really wonderful to uh, talk to both of you. I've been looking forward to our meeting. I've followed some of your podcasts and have been um, really enjoyed the energy that they have created. Thank you so much. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what has led you down this path? Well, um, I guess it goes back to the fact that I ended up getting into crystals. And um, my first crystals that I uh, bought were some Lemurian crystals, and they had really a very powerful energy. And that was back in, oh, about 2006. And so I, the crystal bug uh, kind of uh, got me. And of course, when you have one crystal and you may want to find another one, I'm sure (laughs) you'd all agree. Uh, So I went to a metaphysical show in Denver that I knew there were a lot of crystal dealers and I was walking around and looking, uh, looking for additional crystals because I could really feel the energy of the Lemurian. And I happened to wander um, by a lady that was uh, doing an activation on a guy in the middle of the aisle. So she was kind of out there. So I I just said, hey, what are you doing? And she said um, uh, she was using a piece of selenite, I found out. But she was activating and working with this guy's uh, knee who had an injury. And she said she was repairing the injury. And I said, well, how do you know that? And she said, I can see the energy coming out of this selenite. And I can see what it's doing inside his body. And indeed, this is one of the uh, very rare individuals that could actually see inside your uh, physical body energetically. And uh, we became, I got her phone number, we became friends and uh, she was from Wyoming. So I would go up and see her. But uh, I really was impressed that that selenite was so powerful. So I started studying it. and. Lo and behold, what I found, it's probably, I would say, one of the most powerful crystals on the planet. Mm, I'm wow. curious, why would you say that? I'm just, well, like, it's compared good, to uh, others. Um, well, because what the, the selenite is really not connected to the third or fourth dimension. Uh, it's really connected to the fifth dimension and above. And the fifth dimension would be that level of pure love, pure light and pure grace. So that's its connection. The other wonderful property that it has is that it brings in a really high frequency and it magnifies everything that you put on it. Or um, when you add your hand, when you add other crystals, it actually magnifies those crystals many, many times. And it's one of the few crystals that really have that capability to do this magnification. And because it's connected to that fifth dimension and above, it really has the ability to connect into the different realms like the angelic realm or the um, ascended master realm. And all of these um, beings uh, that are here to assist us have been really uh, have 
work with me over the years since back when I first started making these swords in 2007 hmm. uh, was the first swords that I may actually made. Wow. And so, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, it just sounds like it just holds such a high vibrational frequency. And I've even read somewhere and I, I've experienced the selenite i've been you know using the swords that you have and and they're they've been really palpable the energy you can feel the vibration of them and but i've also read that selenite is one of those crystals that doesn't need to be cleansed like other crystals is that correct is that yes yeah that's a definitely another wonderful property is selenite can actually clean any other crystal and it's the it's the one tool, especially a selenite sword, because it has an additional alchemy uh, that's embedded in the handle of the sword that then creates a special alchemy. And with the selenite, it has the ability to clean um, your your crystals, not only your crystals, but a lot of people use it for clearing energy. I have energy workers that are focused in cleaning and uh, removing non-beneficial energies from like houses or land. They work in all those areas because of that power to bring the light and focus the light onto a particular issue on land, on a house, on a person, uh, on your chakras. They, it works very similar on all of those because it brings in a very high frequency of light and love. Katrina Raphael said that uh, selenite was the uh, one of the key crystals to help bring in what she called the age of enlightenment. And fact is in her book, she has several complete chapters dedicated just to what selenite can do for mankind, for uh, the people and, and the individuals that work with it. Mm, so fascinating. So you mentioned you started making these swords in 2007, correct? I did, yes. Yeah. And so what was like the inspiration to make it selenite into a sword or a staff or a rod? Like, was this something that just came to you spontaneously, like divine intermission there? Or, or yeah, how did really that come about? The inspiration came from Archangel Michael. And in the beginning, I called the swords Archangel Michael Swords of Light, because if you see the depiction of Archangel Michael, he's always has a very large sword. And that sword is used to cut away the negative to uh, bring in the light. And he wields it very powerfully. And that was really my inspiration uh, to make it into a sword, because the sword is a universal. Actually, it's one of its um, meanings is, is, is um, it's a universal um, symbol for truth. So the sword was a way to deliver the energy. And so I had, um, after that show I mentioned where I saw a lady working with selenite, I eventually found some selenite and I made, um, I made four swords out of this, uh, this log I got. And I was studying at that time with a lady named Sai Ma, who had a um, uh, ashram, I guess you'd call it, in Boulder and in Crestone. And um, I went to a week-long course she was having in, in Vail. And there were about 400 people. So 
I decided I would give her a sword because she always talked about energy and the light. And we worked with Archangel Michael and uh, other ascended masters. So I thought that the sword would be, she'd really like it. And so I went to her room, gave her a sword and she grabbed hold of it. And she said, I remember this energy. And immediately she said, I need another one. So I said, okay, I've, I've got, uh, I've got another one. So I gave her another sword. And that evening she brought it down and uh, did an exercise for about 20 minutes where she called in Archangel Michael to this uh, large group. And I, I thought, well, this is pretty cool. She's already using the swords uh, and she really likes that energy. And it was a powerful activation. And so I left the uh, workshop and I saw her in Boulder maybe a couple months later. And she uh, called me over and she said, I want to order a hundred of those swords for the next workshop. And I said, well, I got two left. Uh, but <laughs> so, uh, but no, I didn't say that. I said, okay, I'll I'll see what I was working full time for another company. But I, so I did this on the week. I had some time uh, to get them ready. But I made a hundred swords. We sold um, eighty five of them in the first week uh, wow. that uh, we were showing them, and then Simon started to use them in her personal healings. And she was always having me make, uh, I ended up making about 50 swords for Saima. And she always wanted them uh, as big as possible. You know, like if they could be 20, 20, 21 inches long, she she would like to have those larger ones because she personally liked to work with those when she would come in to do the final touches to a, what she called a personal uh, healing sem uh, session. So that's how I got started in uh, uh, all the workshops she did. I would be there selling the swords and um, and that led to other opportunities. That's how I ended up going to Japan. We had maybe 15 people came from Japan uh, to one, one of the uh, week-long workshops. And it was really exciting. They all bought mm -hmm. swords and one lady bought 12 swords and took them back. And eventually they, uh, I got a call and they requested that I, if I could come to Japan and bring some more swords and teach them how to use them, they were really excited about that. And that's, uh, that kind of got uh, launched the uh, training side of my mission. Wow, that's really exciting. And, and just how, you know, being able to support or, you know, give Saima, you know, your swords, it really opened up the energy because she was able to feel that. And that's really, really powerful. And it sounds like, you know, being able to use it on the body, you know, can be really powerful. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that as far as you know, what the, the, you talk about the energy matrix in your book and I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about that and how we can use the swords to support us in upgrading this matrix. And that's a great, um, great question is what do these swords do is really um, kind of the focus here. And one thing that they can do is they're, they are excellent at clearing the chakras automatically. As you know, our chakras can, they could sustain some damage that could be not functioning properly, not spinning properly, uh, not enough energy in the chakra. 
And the swords have this amazing ability to automatically activate and balance the chakras, set up the spin of the chakras automatically, correctly, remove any non-beneficial energies. And the ultimate um, goal is to instill the highest geometric structure possible for the, the chakra. So they work great on chakra, chakra clearing, chakra activation, even going back into, we may be carrying things forward from past lives um, through our chakras, uh, maybe, um, you know, our solar plexus chakra is our personal power. Maybe we've been carrying this thing where we really can't speak in front of a group and doing the chakra activations helps balance that chakra and allow it to spin and function correctly. So chakra activation, subtle body activation is really fantastic with the swords. Uh, as you get out in our field, you know, we have the subtle energy fields of our body, the etheric, the emotional, mental, and spiritual, and further out, even the quantum field. And the swords can work in all of those areas, and they can allow the energy to be uh, cleansed and purified in, in any uh, part of your aura, as you may know, some of us may know that uh, the in our field, we can be carrying our past uh, life information and potentially past life uh, traumas that could be there. And the swords really are great at transmuting uh, any non-beneficial energy uh, that you may experience. The other mm -hmm. thing is uh, you can really get in touch with higher dimensions uh, of consciousness of, of even up to the 144th dimension uh, from the fifth up to the to the highest possible dimension. We can bring in energies with the selenite swords because of the alchemy that's built into the handle of the sword and, and then magnified by the blade of the sword. Mm, so fascinating how on just multidimensional levels that these selenite swords can bring different levels of healing. I was just going to share a quick personal story. When I was sitting with one of your selenite swords in meditation, at this time, I knew I was going to be moving to a different location, but just kind of felt this resistance. And the odd thing was, is I didn't feel like the resistance was mine. But I felt like when I was meditating with the sword, it was just this past generational resistance of, oh, you don't want to change because that's not safe. But I realized it wasn't mine. So it came from kind of past generations that somehow was still just feeling really sticky. And I felt like the selenite sword in my meditation just kind of cleared that away. And it was just really beautiful for me to just let go of that quite easily, actually, and be able to step into, you know, literally a new place and moving forward without having that, you know, stagnant energy linger from what I would call like past generational trauma, not necessarily mine, but I could still, I could still sense it. So I, I definitely appreciate hearing that these swords and staffs and rods have just so many different layers and dimensions of healing that they can bring someone. And that, that what you mentioned that you felt a stickiness, that is a common experience that the sword has this ability to pull out any of that stickiness that say non-beneficial energy or distortion in our field that could be hanging around from past lives or, or the traumas 
within this life. So um, we have a technique that uh, helps to project the light back into our, our past and, and allowing it to clear any traumas that may be in our field. In fact, I've had many, a number of psychics that are very good at, um, that when they use the sword, they could literally see past life trauma being transmuted in the field of a person that they were working with. So it was really exciting. And your feeling of something sticky being removed is a very common uh, experience. That's really great. Mm, so thank that, you. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Donna Eden. She uh, yes, um, she oh, yeah. does energy medicine for um, men, women, but mostly women. And she w- visited a friend of mine's house who had swords. And she saw the sword on the altar and she asked if she could pick it up. And Don Eden sees energy at the very fine level. She went over and picked up the sword and she said it lit up the room. And later she was working on her, uh, my friend's daughter who had some problem in her throat. And Donna Eden said she could literally see dark material being pulled out of her throat and transmuted in the light of the sword. So I thought that was uh, quite a great kind of information to, to receive. And especially from someone that sees energy at the meridian level, Uh, she's quite, quite good with that. That's pretty powerful. Absolutely. And just to be able to, to see that, you know, and, and because like it also gives confirmation that, you know, it's not just, something we're we're just talking about, but really feeling into and that being able to see that. So that's really uh, validating. I'm curious too, I just to kind of switch gears for a moment, I read your your mission, which you wrote to de- it's to develop energy light tools to assist divine feminine in becoming more powerful. So to recalibrate the balance of masculine and feminine on the planet. I just think that's so beautiful. And I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what that means for you. Yeah, that is my mission. My mission is to help light workers, but in specific to help the divine feminine become more powerful. If we look around at all uh, the problems we've had on, on this planet, um, mm-hmm. we could kind of point to the masculine for creating uh, 90% of all the problems. Um, and so we really need to rebalance the feminine. And the great thing about the Selenite Swords of Light is that my main users of the swords are 95% are women. So the ladies, uh, the Reiki masters, the light workers, the theta healers, the psychics, uh, the channelers all can really feel what's happening with the swords and they have gravitated to uh, to the sword. So my mission is really to help them become more powerful because it's a way to help rebalance the planet and bring more of that divine love, that uh, feminine energy to a higher vibrational level, which then will help uh, transmute the planet. We need to tip the scale You know, the Mm -hmm. scale's been kind of going the wrong direction, and it's really the divine feminine that's going to assist us to tip the scale towards the light. And my my main focus has really been to help the divine feminine in that uh, quest 
by allowing them to become more and more powerful. And by using the sword, no matter what their modality that they may be working with, it can magnify their work many, many times. I've had people after they go through a training program, will check with the pendulum, are they stronger with the swords or are they stronger with their hands? And the sword will come out hundreds of times more powerful uh, than just using your hands. So that's why Reiki, a lot of Reiki masters really, that's probably my number one field of uh, people that are using the sword uh, have um, a lot of experience with Reiki. That would make sense since Reiki is traditionally uh, a Japanese energy healing tradition. And, and you mentioned that you've had a connection with many of the uh, Japanese people purchasing your sword. So that I could definitely see that. And and so you're, you're mentioning the swords a lot, but then also in your bio, you said there are um, staffs and rods and the onks. Do they each have their own like characteristic of what they're used for? Or does that depend just on the light worker using them or do they, do they each have a sp- like a specific role or, or job, I guess you could say. (laughs) It's interesting. They each have a specific role and a specific energetic function. Um, So I started making the swords, of course, first. And then I think the next, next device I came out with was the flower of life. And I made the flower of life in the crystal, crystalline matrix. So, you know, there's nothing like this on the planet. Nobody's doing anything. I have uh, my onks have over 400 power crystals plus selenite plus copper wire interwove throughout the flower of life. And what that does is the flower of life is the symbol of how life is was created. So what that generates and projects out is that creation, uh, that energy of creation is, is uh, broadcast out. And after the um, the flower of life's in different forms all the way from, I have three inch up to 16 inch flower of life's that I make. And a a lot of people use these in grids that they make to uh, bring in certain energies, crystal grids that they develop or in their energy healing, they work really great. But what the message is, is that when you add the crystalline matrix and selenite, what happens, it creates another alchemy. So each device that I made has a different form. Therefore, the energy is slightly different when it's magnified. Like I I have a a representation of the emerald tablets, which is all the knowledge that came from into Egypt and was uh, worked with by Serapis Bay and uh, the other ascended masters and holds all the keys to the development of consciousness. So the that's another device I make. The ascension rods bring in a really high frequency energy, and it's broadcast in a slightly different manner. And if you have looked at pictures of, uh, of the ascended masters like Serapis Bay, Paul the Venetian, uh, El More, they're all carrying an ascension rod. So the ascended masters use those rods uh, to project their their light and their energy and their intention. The swords are really great at 
magnifying our intention of whatever we want to do. Mm. Wow. So it sounds like really we could use the swords to manifest um, not only clear energy, but also tapping into our, our manifestations to really co-create with the universe. Beautiful. And, you know, the, the concept of how, how does that occur? I don't know. You may have read some of uh, the, the research that William Tiller did, where he actually proved that our intention can magnify or can change physical experiments. And what he said that needed to occur is that the space where you're working needed to be conditioned. Um, and he, he had a whole process to do that. But the, the great thing is that swords, because they're so powerful, can condition the space very quickly and bring it to a higher vibrational function. So the, the swords, there's a activation that I train in people how to do called the light body activation. And this activation works great on individuals, but it also works on really groups. And the largest group I've done is uh, 1200 in Japan at a, uh, a conference I went to and people said they could feel it all over the room, which was quite large. So the, the swords are so powerful that they can activate a group of uh, people as well as they could activate an individual. Mm, that's amazing. So I also noticed in the sword that I was using of yours that had like symbols kind of carved into it. Can you tell us about the oh, different yeah, that, symbols? Yeah, so the evolution of all the, uh, the, the, the activation devices and the swords is um, as uh, I think the, that came out, I started doing the laser engraving maybe six years ago. And I, I had the uh, laser engraved the flower of life onto the sword. So what, and that the way that's done is the flower of life is a very powerful light is used to cut into the selenite itself and lay this pattern of the flower of life onto the sword. And that really created a whole nother energy because that light was then embedded into the structure of the crystal. And then as you would use it and the lights projected out, that flower of life and that energy that it creates is uh, then projected out. And later, uh, the next thing that I, I started putting on the swords was um, the symbols of the chakras. Uh, but recently, the most recent ones have been Isis, uh, which is the, considered the mother of Egypt. And so I have Isis laser engraved. And the most recent one is Segmet, which is the lion, uh, lion-headed feminine being that uh, is there as a protector. Um, Isis, of course, is uh, all about love and she's considered the mother of Egypt. So then those energies are magnified even more through the sword when you laser engrave their pattern onto it. Mm. Yeah, those are really powerful symbols. Um, you know, I, I was using one with the flower of life and I was also using one without any engraving and you could just feel the difference, you know, and, and I could still feel the energy of both swords, but the flower of life certainly enhances that, that energy. And it really does. And it's uh, the other thing that as the swords evolve, 
when I first started making the swords, as I mentioned, um, Archangel Michael was the inspiration. And the only thing I had in the handles uh, was I had several pictures of Archangel Michael printed on labels and then put into the handle before I wrapped it. And also I was adding something called yognashes, which were from the sacred fires that Indian pundits do. I would collect the ashes after the fire was complete, which held the energy of all the offerings that went into the fire. And I would add that to the sword. But then over the years, then all the crystals came in. And every time I made the, the swords, there would be new crystals that I'd found, I'd discovered, or new temples that I went to where I would collect some of the rocks from the temple, bring that back, crush it up, and add it into the handle of the swords, which then uh, created the current version, which is over 400 power crystals mixed in a powder, added with selenite, and then I mix that with an epoxy, put it into the handle, uh, which is a copper tube. And then also in that handle is sacred waters from over 92 locations around the world, from Mother Mary Spring, Lake Titicaca, Mount Fuji, Mount Shasta, every powerful uh, water spot on the planet that I've been able to find, um, wow. Antarctica water. And then the water holds all this energy that then is also magnified through the, through the sword. And the latest versions of the sword also have an accent crystal on the end of the sword, which then brings in its energy, whether it's a star tetrahedron or a um, jaguar head or an onk on the other end of the sword, that brings in a specific type of energy that then is magnified also through the sword because of the alchemy that's created by all those crystals mixed together in a, in a, um, um, inside the handle. Wow. I'm curious too, if you could talk about maybe any stories you've had over the years with people who have had some healing with your swords. What can you share some of those? Uh, yeah, I I've had, um, you know, it's like I had the, one of my, um, uh, my representatives, I guess, um, a lady named Marilyn Harper is, she has a company called Adironda, Adironda.com, and she is a channel. And um, interesting, her, uh, she had a sword and her um, son and his wife had moved into her house and they were kind of not getting along very good. And so what she did is she put a selenite sword on the mantle and, and you know, kind of gave it an intention and it really, just having it in the vicinity, cleared their problem, and they started to get, get along much better. And many other physical things that people have had, whether they be aches and pains, or a lady had, had the, gotten a sword, and her mother had a real uh, bad problem with her intestines. She started working on her intestines, and it was cleared up uh, very easily. Uh, or people that have been stuck on various uh, problems, and then they've used the sword and it's cleared that out, whether that was from uh, multi-generational uh, going back to past lifetimes that they were carrying forward. So many physical, um, actually physical healings, 
energetically releasing many, uh, especially in the heart. You know, when we work on the heart, the great thing about the heart is its frequency is really affected by the sword because selenite is named after the goddess of the moon, Selene. So it's very good with any emotional type item. And what happens in our heart is we can store pain from all these losses. Maybe we we had a relationship breakup or we we lost something financially. We lost a friend, a mother, you know, some relative passed away. And that pain can remain in the heart. And the sword has been just people will you work with their heart and they'll start crying. They'll have a release and they really uh, have it lets them let go of that trauma. And then the sword just pulls it out. And what was great with the throat is when I would go to uh, Japan, I always had uh, it took a long time to get the throat chakra opened up. And so when we would use the sword, we just, it would just take a little bit longer. But it was because of the generational repression that the Japanese women had endured over centuries. And it was really helpful in opening up their throat, which uh, was removing maybe things that they weren't able to express in the past. So it's um, many, many areas. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, psychics that work with the sword uh, will say they can actually see the trauma that the person's carrying being dissolved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a lot of great stories about success using the sword and then just feeling the energy that it provides, you know, people just holding on to it can completely re reprogram your energy field. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering too, does, is it best to have an intention or is just holding the sword, you know, will that be also just as helpful? Um, you know, holding the sword is great. And I always recommend, like Brenda said, she would, she just was meditating with it. That's one of the first things, you know, people to get used to the sword, hold on to it and it will work in your, your field. I've had uh, a shaman um, over in Australia that uh, was using my sword and he told me he slept with it for about uh, two weeks and he said it completely restructured his whole energy matrix. And he was quite happy with uh, what it was able able to do in a, in a short uh, short period of time. So the as far as the intention in our workshop, it is good to rather than maybe think about lunch or dinner or something to have an intention when you work with the sword and the kind of the basic intention is we want to activate and balance whatever it is we want to clear any non-beneficial energies we want to bring the chakra to its highest state of functioning which is geom is all geometry and um and implement the divine design so i kind of give that to people that they can have that in the back of their mind. But if they're doing an activation for somebody, then you do want them to uh, say their work during the healing session or a theta healing session or a Reiki session, then usually the practitioner will be focusing their energy in, in conjunction with that healing effort. Mm-hmm. What 
powerful ways to use to use the selenite. And in your bio, you mentioned you have like a certification program and you have training. Um, so it sounds as though there are like specific techniques and processes to use that Beautiful, you teach. Yeah. Yes, um, that, uh, that, is, that is correct. So the training program has evolved over the uh, years. And right now I have a three-day training pl- program that I've been doing in the U.S. and I'll be, be going to Australia um, in October and November for the first time in three years. I used to go to Australia um, every year. I, I went for six years straight and then uh, uh, and then the pandemic hit. And this will be the first time we're going to go back in uh, to Australia this October. But um, so the processes are what uh, the in, important thing is what can you do with the sword and one is to learn how to activate and balance the the chakras another one is the light body activation which works on the chakras and the whole energetic field around an individual it's a really powerful activation then i always try to teach people how how do you work on yourself how do you use sound for a light language specialist that uh, works with me that um, teaches people how to do, use light language? Uh, her name is Marika Love, and she travels with me to to bring in the types of um, sound work that she she brings forward. Um, so the other thing is to train people how to use the Ankh, which is the Egyptian cross. Uh, that uh, is made of all the crystals and how do you use that in conjunction with the sword? How do you um, clear non-beneficial energy? I also make a number of pendulums, two pendulums that have all the crystals, selenite and a magnet in them. And these have a really powerful ability to clear energy. So we have a whole section where we, we work on how do you manage non-beneficial energies in your environment and that you may experience so so you have to so you have the ability to clear clear energy very easily with the combination of the the swords the pendulums the onks uh, are all woven into the training and then also activations using the flower of life to do a flower of life activation I also recently made a tesseract, which is three cubes in one that puts out a very powerful energy um, that we do activations with that and the emerald tablet. So these are all woven into the energy, the training program um, that we do in different uh, locations. And while the pandemic was going on, of course, we were doing mostly Zoom workshops for the last uh, three years. Wow, that sounds like a powerful training. <laughs> uh, you sounds- know, I get, we get really great response. I mean, many people will say it's it's uh, it's it's the best training program they've ever been to wow. uh, because it's not really myself or or Marika talking about what we're doing. It's we show people how to do a process. And then they do it uh, with a partner or for themselves or however that's usually in partnership. 
so they get to experience it so they can feel the the energy and normally about i would say about 80% of the people will actually start to see energy by the end of the training program and i must say too i mean just been i've been working with the swords now for about a month or so and and it's very palpable i mean i just been you know i use it every morning in my meditations and you know you can feel the energy and especially you know working with the the earth star you know the the chakra below the feet and just working you know upward you can just feel that and my my energy shifts every day and it it's really powerful so i can imagine just being at a workshop and being surrounded by all of those swords would be pretty magnificent to to be in community with that yes stacy that's exactly true and the interesting thing that happened when the pandemic hit is of course we we moved to doing zoom workshops and we would have people um say the last workshop we had people from england Australia, Canada, Mexico, US, and they were working on each other in a Zoom room. You put two people together to practice a process. And the great thing is they could feel the energy instantaneously. So it was quite, it, it was almost like the doing it long distance drove home the power of how it's instantaneously, it's a nonlinear energy that immediately the person would feel on the other end, no matter whether they were in Sydney, Australia, and England, or Greece, or uh, Mexico, wherever they might be, uh, when they were working with each other, that energy would transmit instantaneously. Yes, distance healing is very powerful. I've definitely experienced that on many levels as a Reiki master as well. So as we begin to wrap up our amazing conversation with you, Tom, maybe you could tell our listeners uh, where they can find you and anything you're currently working on. Um, yeah, great. Um, well, the, the current thing right now is summertime is I'm making um, hundreds of swords right now and getting them ready. Uh, we're going to Australia. Uh, we'll be in Sydney uh, the first part of October. And we go to uh, Melbourne. Um, Australia for a three-day workshop, be in the Gold Coast for a two-day workshop, up to the Sunshine Coast in November uh, for a uh, three-day workshop. And you can find all this on my website, which is um, www.selenitesswords.com. And uh, the training programs or the act, act to access it, information about it, you can purchase swords, you can purchase any of the devices I make online at that website. And that's, uh, and then the other thing that we do is a worldwide free activation every, uh, every month. Fact is that's coming up at four o'clock today, um, mountain time, uh, the 19th, if anybody wants to attend or in the future, just go to the website. You can get the link uh, to get into the Zoom meeting and we normally have about 30, 30, 35 people from around the world that will log in. It, in Australia, it's in the morning time, Australia, so we can get them at four o'clock. And also we get people from uh, all over the U.S. in different locations. So that's a free activation where we 
used the swords together to, to assist in really helping reduce the fear on the planet to project more love, light, grace, and gratitude, which is our my main, uh, I guess, theme is what we want to do is magnify more love, more light, more grace, and more gratitude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is our mission. <laughs> Well, Tom, thank you so much for being here today with us and sharing this beautiful space to have this conscious conversation. We really appreciate you sharing about your swords and the magic that they can create. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.